What's going on, everyone? This is Alex Chateras here with another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. And I just want to do, as always, give you a quick rundown of what we're going to talk about today. First, we got to talk about LaMelo bombing in all of his interviews and what that may transpire for the Knicks if he's going to drop. Then we're going to discuss uh, Kyra Lewis adding on more weight and seeing that the Knicks are more intrigued in him by having a dinner with him. Then we got to discuss the Berman piece about Iggy Brasdakis, and we're going to talk about a G League on how it should be used. And then last but not least, John, what do we got for Etcetera today? What's up, Alex? For Etcetera today, we're going to switch it up, try to get our mind off of this uh, Sunday football we just had to endure, and uh, we'll get into uh, our top three game consoles because uh, it's the holidays. And uh, some new consoles are coming up, so I figure we'll uh, reminisce and give our top three each of those and, uh, you know, get get a little hyped about the new uh, consoles coming out. Sounds good, John. We can just uh, reminisce and show all the younger people how old we are with what consoles used to be back in the day. All right, Ricey, let's get it going. <laughs> everyone this is Alex Terrace here with another episode of the Knicks Jets etc podcast another Knicks episode with my buddy my co-host my pal the guy with a man who's just ready to just get this thing going waiting for basketball because the Jets are just horrendous terrible and they suck John Malika what's going on today oh man what an intro what's up Alex yes please bring me basketball we haven't had basketball since that deadly March day um Please, yes, bring me basketball. I'm so sick of football. Baseball stinks. I hate hockey. Just like I hate everything. Just bring me NBA Knicks basketball, please. I am 100% there with you, man. It's been way too long since we had Knicks basketball. This draft process seems like it's been going on forever. What's usually what? Uh, July, August. Not, it's usually like even it's a shorter period of time that we discuss the draft. It's like not even even July. It's even before then. Like once what uh, April comes around, right? It's from April to like June, July uh, to July, and it's just like it's just uh, extended longer than it needs to be. And I feel like we're just circling around draft picks and draft selections, and everyone's just changing their mind and is driving me nuts. Yeah, lots of lots of smoke screens everywhere. Um... I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, but I missed I missed the summer league. <laughs> um, definitely missed that. Uh, but I'm with you, Alex. Uh, going off a little bit this week. Air those scrimmages, you cowards! Let's go. Let's. Lo- I want. I need to see live basketball. I'm dying. I need to see live Knicks basketball. NBA, don't be cowards. Air the scrimmages. We need something. We are dying over here. We want some sort of content. We haven't had basketball. If you're a Knicks fan. A Warriors fan, a Cavs fan, even screw it. Even the Hornets, we haven't had basketball. I don't even know if Hornets fans exist, but we haven't had basketball, man, since March. Like, can we just someone toss us a bone? Like, seriously. All right. I know we just had the finals and everything, but I'm not a Lakers fan. I'm a Knicks fan, so automatically I don't like the Heat. Um, all we got is pictures of of Frank and big brown bags. Big brown bags. We got Julius Randle clips of him doing the same thing that we saw last year. And please, I'm, you know, I was there with you people. I was there with you. I want Julius Randle to succeed. I want him to do well on this team. If he's still here, 
I'm not getting hype about these videos anymore. And even if I'm reacting through Twitter, I'm not taking them seriously. Me seeing Julius Randle shoot threes, drive to the paint, do some dunks. We saw it last year with Chris Brickley. We saw it last year with Melo. I'm done with it. You can't sell me on it. Let's move on and just be ready for the season. Adam Silver, help us out, please. There's too much. It's too much. It's too much nonsense right now. We're getting into a, a very dangerous NBA Twitter Knicks zone. All right. <sighs> now that I'm done with that rant, let's move on to some league notes. Okay, John, there's been some interesting movement around the league uh, this past. It's from uh, Alex. <laughs> Here we go. So coming from Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, NBA won 72 games and they want a December 22nd start, but the NBPA, which is the Players Association for those who don't know, uh, they haven't come to an agreement yet on a date and for, I guess, whether they should do it now, uh, start around Christmas time or MLK weekend. John, what do you think about that? I want to actually discuss this topic with you for a little bit. Um, well, selfishly, of course, I would like them to start as early as possible. Uh, I can definitely see how that's an issue for players who are in the bubble, um, especially teams who made it all the way through, like the Lakers and Heat. That's definitely an issue. But I think uh, the real crux, which is always follow the money, I was reading about how um, the NBA was saying due to the contracts and the media um, prior engagements that they have, they lose over a billion dollars just from the December 22nd start to the January MLK start. So, I mean, I know they say player safety, player safety, player safety, but a billion dollars is a billion dollars. And especially since the cap went down with this whole China thing, uh, Daryl Morey had to leave his, you know, his post because of it. I don't we're not saying that out loud, but of course that's something to do with it. Uh, you know, weirdly enough, the, Game five of the finals was the first game that China aired um, on their waves since like the whole Daryl Morey um, fiasco. And that, you know, so, you know, things are kind of like shaping back. Morey's gone. Um, the salary cap didn't go down too much. I saw, but it did go down, which is if you were to say that last year, you know, if you were to say to someone that the NBA salary cap was going to go down, like, they would have to say there have to be some catastrophe in the world. And I guess the catastrophe, you know, did happen. There was a pandemic. Um, but I, I think I think that this – I think that they, they're going to just take that December 22nd start and preseason it. You know what I mean? Just, like, preseason it up all the way to MLK Day. And, sort, and that would be, like, the kind of compromise – um, just so they could have like a load management teams like the Knicks could play teams like the Lakers could like have their, like, you know, their guys like, you know, start to get warmed up. LeBron's obviously not going to play anymore, you know, from the beginning. So I think that's going to be the sort of balance, but like teams like the Nets, like they want to get out there, you know, right? like there's, uh, I think there's enough incentive uh, around the league when the majority to get it rolling and collect that billion dollars. I agree with you. And, you know, we can just compound that, right? Right. We had a pandemic. China was then infuriated by Daryl Morey's tweet. And those two things, I guess, with everything that else that has occurred, right? It's really just been, even with even with uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, right? And it's not saying people are not watching because of the logos, because that's not true. It's because 
Sports is not important right now because innocent people of color are being killed. And I think all of this is now compounded where there's just not enough money. Like the, the value of the league has just kind of dropped, right? Where there's not enough money being generated to a certain extent. Well, through TV ratings and stuff like that, because if we're, you know, if people are out of work or protesting, you're not getting necessarily the highest ratings that you possibly get, even though the contract's still in play. So they're still getting their money. But I think with all these events that's have occur- that has occurred, I think the NBA wants to take the, I guess, considering their best approach and one, not only getting as many games in as possible, but two, kind of guaranteeing that they can get some sort of baseline. And 72 games is better than 50 to 60 some odd games because they don't know what the next season is going to bring, how many viewers are going to get. Like, I think they, I forget the actual number for the, for this past finals, but ratings were the lowest it's ever been uh, for an NBA final. Right. So. Yeah. But I, I, I struggle to agree with you with the whole uh, ratings are down because of like the social uh, issues in the country and like the social uh, stance of the league. Um, I just like, I, I tend to back away from that just because it, the whole, it's like the, all the ratings for everything are down. You know what I mean? And like, whether there's like the social issues going on, um, you know, a stance from that program or from that league or whatever, it's just down everywhere. It's like the stock market. You know what I mean? Like the stock market is down everywhere. And so it's just tough to say like, Oh, Apple is down because of the social issues. Like everything is down. So uh, like that's the only part where I like I just I'm kind of yeah like, I hear what you're saying I'm not saying people are turned off by it that's not what I'm saying what I'm saying is that people are being I, I would say proactive and are taking social injustices seriously where they're not watching games because the games are not as important which would then translate to games not being watched that's all i'm saying i just think they're not as exciting without fans and like i'm i'm sorry to say but i like even watching the team celebrate like it's just not fun and like the tension in like the fourth quarter and like the tension in the playoff games and baseball and basketball like they're just not there without the fans and i think that like that's why we are liking the nfl a little bit more i know there's no fans uh in some scenes but like in college football, there's fans everywhere. And like the Chiefs game today, like there's fans there. We're kind of getting that feel. I just, I don't know. I just think the excitement wasn't there. Uh, and also the timing, like who's watching, you know, full games of basketball in the summer. The summer was still the summer, even, even, you know, during the pandemic, people are still don't, you know, they're not used to that. So the last thing I'll say on the topic is I think that they're also concerned about next year, like not the 2020, 2021 season, but they're, concerned about the 2021-2022 season starting on time and the draft starting on time and the combine and all that. So they're worried that if they start in January, now that's almost three, four months, you know, postponed on the normal already. So now, we're, you know, we're just we're just like pushing the problem. We're like creating more debt, you know what I mean, in, in that sort of uh, metaphor. So I think that that's, that's what they're worried about. They're trying to like kind of cut the losses and – they're going to come to a compromise, in my opinion, where it's like, okay, you guys want to, you know, I understand there's people that are tired that want to do some load management. We're not going to be strict with the load management fines, you know, that they um, put in place like one or two years ago. They're going to take down down a, a notch and they're going to be like, for the sake of all of us, listen, if, if LeBron, if you want to get paid, 
you know, 48 million next, you know, for the next four years instead of 41 million. Like this is what we have to do. Okay. Like, th- like at the end of the day, like this is what it is. If you want two maxes on your team with you, like we have to start a month early. And that's the conversation uh, I think that the player association is going to have to have uh, with the league. I hear you. And I- I'll agree with you to this extent. I think there's a lot of key factors at play for why games weren't watched and why ratings were down. And I think even with what you're saying, what I'm saying, they all could be added in and considered factors. How big is each factor? I don't know, but I definitely want to say that they're all factors. I think we can agree on that. Um, sure. Okay. Now for that second part, right? I think the biggest fear is that they would still try to end around the same time if they start in January because they want their players to go to the Olympics and go compete. So players like Jokic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, right? Luka Doncic, like they want all these guys to go play and go compete. And so they would still try to finish it within the same time, but we won't get 72 games and 72 games is probably one, the normal amount of games that should be played in NBA season. I think 82 is a little too much. That's another topic for another day, but they don't want to have 50 some odd games. They want to be able to get their money's worth too. And that means more games, especially since they already have these major contracts with all the networks that have to air X amount of games and they need to have certain amount of uh, primetime games as well. Like how we had 40 some odd Pelicans games last year, but very little Zion. They just, they have to be able to swaddle those, uh, those, uh, I guess those games. And I, I, it's just going to be interesting, man. I want to see what the NBA NBPA, I think you're right. Where they're probably going to get something around December, which is crazy for, People who are writing out there and content creators because free agency is going to be here before we know it and we got to have stuff ready. And, uh, it'll be, it's going to move, man. It's going to move very quick. It's, the draft is not too far away. We're talking November 18th now. That means free agency has to start a couple days afterwards or December 1st, the latest, just to get things going. And yeah, yeah. that's a, that's a quote unquote December 1st. Yeah, quote agency like already started, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. There's been reports where there's been like, players who have already guaranteed that that kind of leaked out it's like well there's tampering it's like there's always been tampering there's ways to get around tampering okay well now that's what i'm saying i think like part of the like the 2020 to 2021 season is going to be like hey guys like we did the bubble you guys were great thanks for complying you know what i mean we got the where we're starting to get the money back get rolling like like they're gonna have to come together again for this season you know what i mean it's it's still like uh they still need that camaraderie and i I don't know. I just think they're gonna they're gonna come to some sort of conclusion where they keep one billion dollars. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I think then the answer in the end is gonna be yes. We don't want to lose one billion, and no matter what, like player safety, you know, who the hell cares about that? You know, that's gonna be like I say it out loud. But that's gonna be the underlying, you know, factor. Well, what they're doing right now is that they're considering. Uh how they set up the schedule where, you know, maybe your division teams, they play a lot of the games up front, keep it isolated within a certain area. So, you know, they would have Toronto, the the Nets, the Knicks all in one area and so forth. But there's a lot going on with that type of that, with that aspect of how the league's going to work it out. And we're going to, we're going to hear more coming forward from like Woj and Shams and whoever. I just hope we're allowed in, man. I just want to be in the garden. That's really all I ask for. I just want to be in the garden. Please let me in. I would love to go back to the garden too. I don't know how long it's going to be until that happens just because we're talking about enclosed arenas. This is not like NFL or baseball where you're outdoors. Um, so we'll see what happens. But 
getting back to like in tickets and considering some sort of half season ticket just to guarantee uh to let me in because if people are allowed in in a certain percentage it's only going to be the people who have uh you know half season or full season with the Knicks so I just need to go to the garden man so I'm, I'm considering that route myself I mean it's only people as you said with who are season ticket holders right so you're gonna have to scalp them if you want to go see um but yeah we'll see what happens We'll get more information coming in the, in the upcoming weeks. Another topic. Now it's official. Basketball is on its way back. Uh, Shams reported of uh, the athletic and you stay uh, and uh, stadium that uh, all 30 teams are now eligible to practice. So that's good news for us because that means basketball is around the corner. No more than 10 players could be in group practices though. Another news. I just got to say this out loud. The nets are now creating the seven seconds or less. Phoenix Suns hired Mike D'Antoni and Ime Adoka. So now it's Steve Dash, Mari Sotomayor, Mike D'Antoni. My God. I don't know. They're the Knicks. They're the Knicks. Honestly, this is, ex- this is they're the bizarro world Knicks. And it stinks that we have to hate them, right? Because they're our rival, right? And it, but like, and they're in our division. Like, we, like, it makes literally no sense to want them to succeed. Okay. Um, if you are a diehard Knicks fan, it makes literally no sense because. Uh, them winning means you losing technically, but it's just interesting. It's going to be interesting to watch because they are basically the Knicks. Like if the Knicks were have, would have gotten KD and Kyrie, we would have hired someone like Steve Nash. Then we would have got Dan Tony back to the garden as assistant coach. Like it would put put Amari back to the bench. Like they are literally just creating the Knicks in Brooklyn without Dolan because they know they can do whatever they want there, and it's all good. So, so as much as I don't want them to succeed, I am – and, like, KD coming off an injury and Kyrie's injury problems and they're annoying with the media. Like, it's all literally the Knicks um, paying DeAndre Jordan of $40 million so they can get rid of Jared Allen maybe and, like, trade Levert and Spencer Dinwiddie, who they drafted and are, and are really good and are going to thrive, you know, around the league for, like, a win-now scenario veterans. Like, these are Knicks moves, like, to the T, okay? And – so I'm just really excited to watch it and and like if they win and they do great, be like, okay, like you know, they're supposed to win. It was it's really awesome to watch. It's cool. KD's the best, and Kyrie's really cool, and it's like Steve Nash. And this is what the Nets, it was this is what the uh, as you mentioned, the Phoenix Suns could have been, you know, with elite players. So this is really cool. On the flip side, it's it could be like, yo, you guys made fun of the Knicks. For like 20 years about how dumb we are, but here you are. Like you like first you do all this with Boston, you trade everything, all your future away for a, like a quick, you know, run and it fails, you fall flat on your face. That's a total Knicks move. And then you draft well, that's not us, right? But then like you you have like you know young guys, and then you you know get all these this new flux of this like whole new modern system with the old school and try it out, like and you fail, fall flat in your face, like, it's just going to be so nice that it's not the orange and blue. 100%. I agree with that. This is this is like the most Nixian thing, and we're not going to go too far into this. It's the most Nixian thing possible. You get the two superstars. They bring in their guy that they want, flashy names, guys who have never coached before, guys who are, you know, it's just, it's just screaming Knicks. And you're right. You know, these guys, like, even though they didn't have any draft picks, they drafted well. They got Karis Levert. They got... J.A. They were able to uh, salvage uh, Joe Harris, Spencer Dinwiddie, right? They created this young nucleus. Even uh, D'Angelo Russell when they had him. 
And honestly, like two years ago, I was rooting for that team in the playoffs when the Knicks were sucking. I was like, yo, this, this team's pretty fun to root for. Last season, I'm just like, yo, screw it. I, I don't like this team whatsoever. Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie made that easy for us. He made it so easy, bro. And he was so likable two years ago. I, bro, you just like, it, once again, just doing too much. You're all doing too much. Like, just, uh, I'm not good. I'm not going to say stop. Do whatever you want. But it's just like, you're all doing too much. And now it's just kind of like, yo, this is the Knicks stuff. You, you did it with uh, KG and all of them. If it happens again and you gave up and you trade Levert to get uh, Bradley Beal and J.A. As w- and Jared Allen too to get it, please let it see. I want to see that happen. Please. I would love to see the Knicks happen on another team in the same city. But you know what's sad? Because they're not the Knicks, they won't get the same coverage. But as Knicks fans, we could, if that does happen, we can have a little little place in our hearts that we know it happened to another team, just not us. Generally, I would agree with you. But having KD and Kyrie uh, is going to bring is going to bring the media and, and Steve Nash. Like they are bringing the attention to themselves. Um, our, if we're stinky, like the, the usual little stinky Knicks, like we are going to take over the headlines no matter how good Brooklyn is. Like that's a fact. You know, if we're bad, like if we're bad with this new squad, no matter how this offseason goes and the Nets are really good, like we're just going to be like that's going to be the bigger story, how bad we are and how good they are. But to be honest with you, I'm excited for the Nets to get rid of Levert and Dinwiddie and J.A. for like a veteran. Like that would excite me to them to like go away and like, excel somewhere that's just like not in brooklyn and just basically like be the knicks or be the jets or be any of my teams you know where you just like stink on my team trade you away for a short fix doesn't work out and those players end up being good like go ahead jersey brooklyn wherever you are like enjoy it i agree 100 percent. let's move on let's get let's touch on these last couple of notes and then move into uh some Knicks stuff dallas mavericks hired uh i mean not dallas mavericks houston rockets Hired Steven Sillis from uh, the Dallas Mavericks, who was an assistant coach there with that blue team. Don't need to talk about them, but congratulations to gain the Houston Rockets gig. Then he's a beast. He's, he's he's really good. Yeah, I think he's going to perform very well in Houston. I want. I'm very curious to see how that team moves now after Morey and uh, D'Antonio are now gone. But speaking about Daryl Morey, nice pivot. He is now the president of basketball operations for the 76ers, and they just extended. Elton Brand to another five, four or five year deal. I believe it's five year deal. So that should be an interesting situation in Philadelphia. I want to see how Maury Ball works out there because a certain point guard doesn't like to shoot threes. All right. And uh, yeah. Trey, do, what do you think's going to, really quick while we're there, what do you think's going to happen? You think he's going to keep Embiid and Simmons? I really like Simmons. Or do you think they're going to move one of them? If so, which one? Just really quick. What do you think? They're going to try it out for a year. They'll probably move Embiid more so than Simmons. Just because Simmons is athletic, he's tall, he can do a lot. If you can learn to shoot, I think you can do a lot more with Simmons than Embiid. Cool. Uh, uh, I, I agree I agree with the try it out for a year, but I think that they trade Simmons instead. Interesting. You know, like I go back and forth. But I like Simmons more. But I just think like a team like the Sixers would keep Embiid. This yeah. is my, just my opinion. See, I go back and forth between the whole Embiid and Simmons trade, and I'm planning on trying to get I'm planning on getting a 76ers writer on this uh, pod just to do some like, you know, once the league. Get- I would if I'm the Knicks, like talking about adding a, a, a crazy contract and all this stuff and trading pieces. 
I would be calling the 76ers every single day asking how we can get Ben Simmons as a point guard to the Knicks. Every day. I would literally be calling them every single day. He's like, you don't, you guys are having problems. It's not good over there. Like, what do you guys need? Let me know. I'd be calling them every single day. So I don't disagree. But you know, the thing is that the first thing they're going to be willing to offer is one Al Horford and then two Tobias Harris's crazy contracts. Gimme, gimme, gimme. I'll take it all. If it means Ben Simmons, y'all take, what are you worried about? Players that can play? We don't. No, no, no. I'm talking about – I'm not saying that they're going to give us Simmons with those guys. I'm saying that they're going to give those guys without Simmons at all. Oh, they're going to trick us. Oh, okay. okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. If they were going to give us Ben Simmons with Tobias Harris or Al Horford, absolutely, please <laughs> send it over this way. <laughs> that's the only way I'm taking those two guys. Um, yeah, so – don't know what's going to happen with that team. Another divisional rival. We've been talking about, about a lot of divisional rivals recently. Interesting. But I do want to get a 76ers right on this pod just to talk. And division rivals are good at basketball. We are not. That's why we talk about them. That's a sad, sad truth. That's a fact. But what? that's the last thing I got to mention around the league is that uh, the Utah Jazz, the Miller family, who's owned the team for 35 years, is now selling it to Ryan Smith, who's a salt who built a software company and 35 years just selling it. They got weird things going on over there in Utah, man. Let's not worry about them. I'm just saying that's just happening around the league. These are all league notes. All right. Yeah, so. Utah, like Utah ownership, like Detroit Lions ownership. Like there's just some ownership around like the leagues that are just like, okay, like we just leave it alone. Like you guys are weird over there. Like sounds good. Utah, you take it. You do what you do. Uh, I, I do not disagree. Those are facts. All right. So those are league notes. Now we can move into some more Knicks topics. First thing on the docket, uh, Stefan Bond, Stefan Bondi of the Daily News, the New York Daily News, to be accurate, uh, reported that Mike Woodson recently flew down to Louisiana to train with Mitchell Robinson. Development in the works, just helping Mitchell Robinson, and th- he did this because Mitchell Robinson, for personal reasons, was not able to attend though that short mini camp that they had for two three weeks. So that's why Woodson went down there to go work with him. Uh, I think that's good. I think it's showing that our team is, you know, serious about getting players developed. I know we've had coaches like fly to go see, like, you know, when he was AP and stuff. But I think training, just going down there to train with someone, like that's not something that I really heard before with the Knicks, and I, and I can I, I like that. I like hearing that. Yeah, I, I think Tibbs is just uh, typical. Like, just got the hand, uh, the keys to the new business, and he's going through the roster. Like he's. Going through every single person, making like checking out what the normal evaluation is, like what he saw on tape, and then he's gonna go do his like investigation of every single player, whether they're in practice or one on one. If they can't make it, he doesn't care. He's just like going to visit every single person, seeing what he has, and like at the end, he's gonna sit down and be like, "This is what we got. This is what we have to draft. This is what we need to trade for, so we can be successful." Um, I <laughs> just on the this note, it just popped into my head. Uh, I love the fact that we're getting into um, Bill Simmons' head um, with the whole Kentucky thing, you know? Like, we're, we're starting to worry people. Like, you know, we have Kenny Payne. We got Leon Rose from CAA. And I keep joking that we're the Kentucky CAA Knicks, right? But, like, now they're starting to get scared. They're, they're trying to put the league on notice, right? If a lot of Kentucky players start signing, a lot of CAA players start coming, they're going to start screaming collusion. You know what I mean? So, like, I just think that's hilarious. Like, you're worried about the Knicks colluding? Like, we're the worst team in the league. We have nobody. 
right? And they're already like, oh, it might be like a streamline for Kentucky players. Oh, this, that. So I think that um, people are worried that the Knicks are actually scouting. So I'm glad Tibbs is going to see for himself what Mitch has. I'm glad uh, Tibbs is having these practices, you know, with Frank and like seeing what he has to offer. And I'm hoping that he turns Mitch Robinson into Joakim Noah. Could you just be Joakim Noah, dude? Like, I'm not asking for much. Just be the Bulls Noah. And I, I think that he wants to see if he could, like, mold him into that. I think Mitch could be more – I mean, I think Mitch could be more than that because of his athleticism. So. You know, I think he can. It's just harnessing that energy and focusing, which I think Mitchell is. He's just a goofy dude, like a fun goofy dude off the court, which I love about him. Uh, it's just really – can he focus? Can he put that time and work in? Which I think he can. I mean, he look when he said he didn't want to foul anymore. He tweeted out like he's got to be better. Came out, started fouling less. I think Mitch actually has the mindset to be that, and I think Tibbs is going to unlock a lot of these guys. And to to your point about Bill Simmons, because it was on his podcast, uh, the BS podcast. Yeah, man. Look, New York is a major market. If New York starts getting good again, it's like the Yankees. People hate the Yankees. They don't want to see the largest city who can spend the most start getting good and then rake in anyone that they want. Because once New York, once the Knicks can start doing that, it's just going to be annoying for everyone around the league. And it's going to be great because I'm just going to be walking around with my Knicks gear, be like, we're the best. Get out of here. I don't want to hear it. We're going to win. And that's what. And that's what I want to do, man. That's what I want to do. Instead, we've been watching this team for the past 20 years been like, man, I don't know. Yeah, made fun of again as usual. Yeah, man, you're the quote-unquote haters that you are referring to have been very happy for the last 25 years uh, regarding uh, New, York, New York sports. So uh, it'll be nice to uh, turn that hill one day. But, you know, in order to turn that corner, man, it starts in the draft. It does start in the draft. And thank you for segueing this to the next topic. Have you seen that Lamel Ball, according to reports, has been bombing his interviews causing teams to question his, I guess, seriousness uh, towards playing basketball at a high level. What do you think about that? Do you think this is all uh, smoke screens that no one's – I don't think he's going to drop personally, but what do you what do you make out of this? I want to be very clear. I am team LaMelo Ball. I don't give a damn about LaMelo's interviews. I don't care that he doesn't make complete sentences. I don't care that he likes to make music videos. Like, I none of those things matter to me because, honestly, like, look at the environment he grew up in, okay? Like, the kid was on TV as, like, a sophomore in high school and, like, on, like, ESPN. Like, I knew who he was. I'm just like, I was, you know what I mean? Like, I was in Albany or Boston at the time. I don't even know where I was when he was a sophomore. Um, and so that factor of like his brother and his dad and ESPN and the media on Chino Hills, which is like a big high school and dropping 95 points and not having to play defense and then like getting a shoe deal. So that, so that's why he had to go and play abroad. You know what I mean? Like he's, maybe he's not as mature, you know, as your average, you know, 19 year old coming out of Notre Dame or out of Duke. Yeah, sure. Like, you know what I mean? I agree. He's a weirdo. I'm sure he's, I'm sure. But I think that he just needs stability in his life. And that's why he can't go, just like objectively speaking on LaMelo Ball, he can't go to like a, a magic. He just can't. Like he will, he'll be bad. Like he, he'll, he'll, he'll deteriorate on like an Orlando Magic team or like a small market, you know, Kings team. Like it's just not going to work out. He needs like a real 
like the Spurs. Like he'd be really good on the Spurs. You know what I mean? Um, I'm hoping that the Knicks, you know, staff is competent now and like we're good to go. And he has like a real squad with Tibbs and Payne and, you know, uh, Woodson and all these guys. Like he has real people around him. Um, so I think that we could do that. But like he he does need um he does need a stable foundation. I think he's really good, man. I, I really don't see why, and don't yell at me, but I don't see why he can't be Steph Curry. Like, tell me why he can't be Steph Curry. Steph Curry doesn't play defense. Steph Curry gets steals, he's a liability. I guess off the court, Steph Curry is an amazing human being. Yes. But like on the court, like Steph Curry, the first two, three years of his basketball, like this guy can't be him. Like he almost didn't get re-signed by the Warriors. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. I just I think we're putting a lot of pressure on him because like we there is a high expectation of him, and so we we have to knock that down. You know what I mean? He drops ninety four points in high school. We've been talking about it for nine years. The guy's like nineteen years old. You know what I mean? We just we're sick of him already. We're sick of his dad. We're sick of his brothers. You know who were in the media for the wrong reasons. So on Lamelo Ball himself. I would love him on on my team if he drops to eight or anywhere near eight, and the Knicks sign him. I would be ecstatic. It would be an amazing, amazing move. He he, he could he's a second best player in the draft after Wiseman, in my opinion. Uh, so before I get into my my things about Lamelo Ball, do you, let me get this question out of you first because he's been you know like I said he's been bombing in interviews of, according to reports. Do you think he'll actually drop or no? I don't think he's going to get past five. Okay. I can, I can get with that. And so my thing with Lamelo Ball too is like, I would love Lamelo Ball on the Knicks. I think he, I think you're right to, I think you're right to an extent where he needs a stable environment. He's been in the limelight. I think he would thrive in a major market like New York or LA. You know, recently his pops came out and said that he'd either want his son to go to the Knicks or the Pistons. You know, those are two teams that he mentioned. Pistons are, are, uh, you know, it's a major market. You got four teams there. Very, uh, it's a sports town. Pistons were good back in 0304. You know, I, I could see those two teams is what he's talking about. And it kind of, you know, coincides with what you were saying. Like major market has to be in that limelight and it can't be like a magic or the Sacramento Kings. And it wouldn't be, I don't think it would be the Kings to be, to be honest, cause they got the Aaron Fox, but who, who, who knows? Um, my thing with Mel, with Mel Ball is to your Steph Curry point is that, Curry at least was a shooter in college. Lamelo is he can he can pass, he can take it to the rack, he can do everything else in transition and stuff. He's not really a shooter like that, man. Like you see, he needs to work on his jump shot and whatnot. All right, let, let me let, I'll let you go on about that, but also let me take it down a notch. Like also compare it to Trey Young. Let's just say Trey Young. Why can't he be like uh, a Trey Young? Because like honestly, Oklahoma Trey Young and Lamelo, like I don't I don't see that much of a difference. I think. I think once again we're talking about guys who are coming in here known as shooters, right? If we're talk if we're gonna compare them as like high like skill level players, like they're elite in a certain area where, you know, Trey is a shooter, Steph is a shooter, and you wanna say, well no, it's just gonna be like he's an elite passer and he's just at that. And well, he can score. I mean, he needs to work on a shot, he's working on a shot, he still needs more. But if he can get that jumper down, you know, it's like the same thing with his brother. He he has it's a weird form. I'm not saying he's going to be bad. I think he can fix it. We see in the league that create, like getting a jump shot is the most fixable, fixable thing. And that's like, that should be on the, the, the bottom of the totem pole with things to worry about. We've seen Jimmy Butler, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard. We, we've seen so many guys who don't have fluent jumpers improve their jumpers. 
and are still successful in the league. So that and Lamelo Ball not really should not be a big concern. I would love the Knicks to get Lamelo Ball. I don't think he's dropping past four. I think Chicago would take him. Actually, probably at five, the Cavs would probably take him too, just because uh, Garland. I don't think they trust Garland that much, and I think they would go move on from him. And if they got Lamelo Ball, it's just a star name that they would just work around too. I could see that. I could see that being a nice fit. I just don't think that this whole. I think this whole thing. Neither. Yeah, I just think this whole thing of like, you know, I don't know where this. I don't know where these talks of him like, like I don't know how it's going to affect him in the draft. But I don't think he's going to fall that far. I think teams would be crazy to let him fall that far. But another thing, another after literally like who like it's not. It's almost like the Russell Wilson MVP talk where it's just. A little bit of rhetoric, like, I can't believe Russell Wilson never got an MVP vote. When you go through the years, like, he didn't deserve an MVP vote, you know, during those years. So, like, Melo's going to drop. Who are you choosing in, in front of him? Like, Wiseman, okay. Like, give me another four guys. Tell me four guys that you're taking, like, 100% ahead of him. Like, Okuro, okay, one. Who else? Anthony Edwards would probably be the other one, and that's it. You know what I mean? There's only four guys. Where else are you going? Like, are you taking Kyra Lewis? Like, you know, what I'm saying? I, don't, I don't. Are you taking Desmond Bain? Like, you're not. You're not doing these things. Like, you're 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 taking Lamelo Ball. Yeah, I mean, what was it that we see that the top of like the order is? You know, you have Lamelo Ball, you have James Wiseman, you have uh, what was it? You have James Wiseman, Anthony Edwards. Sorry, yeah. So you have Lamelo Ball, Anthony Edwards. James Wiseman, uh, Okoro, and you also have Denny Abdesia, right? Who's also in that top selection as well. And Killian Hayes. There's only so many guys that can go around there that's been swung around. Even Obi Toppin is above eight. Um, I think there's no way that Lamelo drops. But if he does, Knicks will definitely eat him up, or they will move up to go get him. Yeah, are you taking like are you taking Sadiq Bay over Lamelo Ball? I don't think so. No, you're not taking any of these guys over him, and that's what, like I think when you start hearing stuff like this, this is where it starts to intrigue the Knicks, like potentially moving up, and that's where you get reports of like the Warriors wanting to move back, or the Timberwolves want to move back, and you have a team like the Knicks who want to move up because this is not the draft that a lot of teams are like, oh yeah, this is the position I want to be in, and draft somebody because there's someone great, and I think you know I think there is there's probably going to be one talent in here that's. One one player in here that's going to be upper echelon. It's just we haven't had college basketball to see who could play at that high level. But hey, I think I don't I don't see these Lamelo Ball like dropping rumors or anything like that going too far. But staying on the draft topic, right? We know that the the Knicks have recently uh, had uh, had an interview with uh, Cairo Lewis down in Florida and a workout with him. And the kid has put on 15 pounds. I think it's getting serious between these three candidates. Uh, Vassell, uh, Isaac Okoro, and Cairo Lewis as the Knicks' choices. We know we know uh, Killian Hayes is also there as well. Um, he's projected to potentially be there around at eight. I don't see him passing Detroit because Detroit's the other team that needs a point guard. But what do you make of... And I'm going to say all four of these guys. What do you make of Killian Hayes, Kyra Lewis, um, Isaac Okoro, and Devin Vassell? I know we've talked about who we'd want. Who do you think the Knicks are leaning towards more at this point? Uh, uh, I'm going to answer that question 
with the question first. Do you think it's possible that the Knicks put out that Vassell Marcus Camby shots just to like make him fall? Because I have not heard anything else about that. And I feel like it was just on Nick's Twitter. Like it was just like, I don't know. It was really weird that like one or two shots that like went viral. So yeah, actually Ian Begley on his new show, the putback on SNY actually discussed that whole shot right now. And it's not really being discussed. I don't think it's being discussed in a lot of places, but according to Devin Vassell's coach, that was the end of shoot around and practice. So Vassell was just messing around and he hasn't changed his form. He's not looking to change his form. He was legit just messing around at the end of practice. So there's no concern with uh with his shot, his form. It's 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 not broken and it's not going to be broken. Yeah, so that that feels like the most Nick's move of all time. Like Nick's PR move, like put out that stuff to have him drop. But in terms of those four guys, I mean, I could I don't I could see the Knicks taking any of them. I really only see uh, Lewis being there. Um, I don't know. Halliburton uh, uh, caught fire, caught flames and went away. Hyrule Lewis caught flames and went away. Killian Hayes, Vassell, Vassell. Uh, you know, I think he he might be there. It's a possibility he's not. I don't know. I I I I at some point in the beginning, at some point. Nobody had any idea what was going on with these players. I truly believe that because it was so early. And now the smoke screens are starting to happen. Like we are past the point where the evaluations are done because as you uh, so eloquently went in and went, uh, went on a Twitter rant during the week about watching shoot around, you know, on ESPN two, it's nonsense. You know what I mean? And not you weren't the only person to get mad. Like other agents were literally blowing their gaskets. Like, how can you let these two players have their own pro days on ESPN, like on their own, you know, national televised? That's BS. That's nonsense. So they were upset about that. But I think this is all it's smokescreen time. You know what I mean? It's like they're trying to up these players for whatever reason. There's weird videos coming out of players. The Knicks have been excited about everybody by trading up. Like all of a sudden there's like um trading down Knicks rumors, you know, plus like you mentioned, the Knicks want to take more contracts in. Like that's all coming out now. You know what I mean? Why is it coming out now? So I I, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of behind the scenes talk and our GM is a former agent, one of the top agents. So I mean if there's anybody gonna start doing weird stuff, weird, you know, PR nonsense, it's gonna be the Knicks. So I almost just don't want to believe anything anymore. If you're asking me who I think the Knicks will draft, if, if all four of those guys are there, I think it's Vassell. Number two, I think it's Lewis. That's my th- – th- those would be like the top two, I think, that the, the Knicks are considering there. Okay. I actually would go uh, – if because if, if Killian Hayes is there, I think he would go – I think it would go Killian Hayes, Devin Vassell, Kyra Lewis, Isaac Okoro in that or, order. Uh, I don't see Halliburton being that that high up, I, just because we have no one to connect to on the on the teams. If we actually had guys who were like I don't know, a Jalen Brown, a Jason Tatum, uh, I would say yes, we would we would take that guy. That guy makes total sense. We don't have any of those. Um, I think it would go in that order. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff going on, as you mentioned, <laughs> it, it just in like not only around the Knicks but in the league. Like we have teams who want to trade back. We have 
you know, the Knicks who are looking to trade up or trade back and take on bad contracts to get more assets, more, more, more capital. And a lot of stuff is just swirling around. And Ian Begley said it. I, don't, I think I said it on one of the other podcasts that, you, you know, Ian Begley stated that rumors and stuff like this come out so that teams can, you know, manipulate the market to a certain extent and just, you know, whether it's setting smoke screens or, or whatnot, that's the whole point of this. So, we won't know. I need the draft to get here because I'm tired of like trying to speculate on what's going on. Once again, Adam Silver, help us help you and stop driving us crazy. So yeah, that's where I got with this this draft talk. And so let's move on to our, our, our next topic. We got Mark Berman of the New York Post wrote a piece about Iggy Brasdakis uh, a week or two after I wrote about Iggy Brasdakis and how I want the team to bring him up and, uh, you know, showcase him and let's see what he can do at the NBA level. And, you know, something from something from the piece is that one, Iggy stated that he would not be the player he is right now without G League experience. Two, um, what was it? Uh, from that piece, it, it just shows that Iggy's ready to show the league what he can and cannot do and the team that he can't do. And he's excited to work with Thibodeau and he likes what Thibodeau has to bring. That's what I got from that piece. John, what what are your thoughts about Iggy first before we go into uh, another topic out of this? Well, I've been I think Iggy was cheated out of the second half of a tanking season for the Knicks. Uh, I think we would have been hardcore tank for a better pick, and we would have started bringing up our G League players um, for the whole since honestly like probably the end of March, but since the season got cut off. And I think that's why the Knicks were trying to like uh, play more games, you know, have like a different tournament and stuff. They were pissed off in the beginning because, you know, they just, they wanted their young guys to play. So I think he got a little bit of Rob there. I mean, he played really well, like porting up like crazy numbers in the G league, like you were saying. Um, and we all know Alex loves the G league, uh, our West, our beloved Westchester Knicks, hometown Knicks. Um they're right in my hometown, man. How can I not love them? I know. Yeah, I feel you. Like, I, I love the Staten Island Yankees, who might not be a thing anymore pretty soon, but I feel you. Uh, so I'm excited for the lefty to come in and be a wing. How effective he's going to be, I'm not sure, just because we haven't seen him in two years. So his body's going to be completely changed from, you know, and when, he, when we see him again in the NBA against, like, real NBA players. It's just going to look different with a point guard you know, with Mitch as a center and hopefully like real pieces in between. I'm excited, man. I, I really like, I know this isn't baseball, but I really like having like lefties on the squad. Like I like having RJ and Iggy. Like, I, I just think that's a weird dynamic um, for defenses like to have to deal with. And, and I don't know. I think it's going to, if we have a point guard to like facilitate that, them to, uh, you know, a center and a nice, you know, guard or wing to go with a real point guard. I, I, I think that he can get some real floor time. I agree, man. I think he can get some floor time. I think he's going to be shown more with the second unit. I want to see what Iggy can do. He's got that nice herky-jerky uh, flow to his game. He's also got a good built where he can take it in. Um, he really improved his three-point shooting. He can, He needs. He's gotten – he showed that he can get to the line. He needs to do a little bit more. 
his defense is probably the biggest concern, but isn't that much of a concern. He's not that he's, you know, he's not quick. He doesn't have the the length to guard numerous positions, but it's, you don't need to be the greatest defender to be an NBA caliber player. You just have to make sure you're rotating, staying in front of your guy. And I think he could do all those things. I just want to see him get a chance, man. We we had so many guys on the team last year that were just taking up minutes. And it was that whole political thing that we had where it's like, oh, we paid these guys. We got to play them. So, you know, you had to play Bobby Portis. You had to play Reggie Bullock. You had to play Wayne Ellington. You had to play Julius Randle. You had to play Alfred Payton. You had to play all these guys, you know, and I'm no, I'm, I'm not naming everyone at the same position. But we had so many guys that needed time that it was just this political ju- ju- juxtaposition that Iggy was in and it was not fair to him and his, you know, he, he, he got development from the G league, but it wasn't fair for him not to get uh, NBA reps towards the end of the season. I think he was set to, I think they were going to bench a couple guys so he can get that time, but we'll see now what he does with this season. Speaking speaking of the OG Bobby P you think he's, you think he's uh, staying with the Knicks this year? It depends on the market, man. Like I know people say that contract contracts crazy. Maybe they, don't sign him, cut him, and then re-sign him for a cheaper deal. But, you know, I don't know how the market's going to play out. You know, I know people are hyped about uh, Davis Bertans. I'm not. Bertans doesn't really rebound. He's a, he's a power forward that just shoots. I would not be thrilled about that. Honestly, I'd rather take Bobby Portis, who can play in the paint, than a guy who just runs and just shoots. I don't know. We'll see. What do you think? Yeah, I I, I do think he fits in a in a in – a, ideal Thibodeau system as that like Chris Bosch type of uh, four, you know what I mean? To just like hang out, pop threes, uh, get boards, like hang out in the top of the key, like, and guard um, the four guy or stretch five. Uh, I, I think that's like his role. And, I don't think it depends on the market. I think it depends on who the Knicks trade for, if anybody. So if we're trying to get – if we are, like we said, getting crazy contracts in or planning on it, then I don't think we're going to keep Bobby. Um, but if the Knicks are kind of punting on this year as well, you know what I mean with the contracts and we're going to keep it young for this year and then maybe get more contracts next year with the trades when we're a little, when we have a little bit better of a foundation and Tibbs actually sees what we need uh, with a little bit more clarity, then I could see us keeping uh, the OG Bobby P and hopefully he has a little bit more of those Chicago games. Yeah, that'd be nice. More, I, would, I would, you know, have you noticed they've been rerunning that game a lot on MSG? Yeah, man, my, my man's trying to get a contract. They're rerunning that game, but not like the mellow against Chicago, the the game winner. Like, come on, show more, show me more of those mellow games. I don't need the BP game, honestly. That mellow, that mellow Chicago Christmas game was one of the best games of my life. Yo, that turnaround jumper, beautiful, forever, just like ingrained in my in my mind. That spin around uh, corner shot, amazing. But you know, I think uh, it, it, and another thing about your your, your topic of. Uh, about lefties, I just want to go on this before we move on to what I really want to discuss. There was we had three lefties on the team. RJ, uh we had RJ and Randall and Iggy. Those are three lefties, man. That's I feel like that's a lot for a team. That'd be crazy if we just rolled out three guys who could shoot lefty. Be pretty interesting. Um That's what I'm saying. Like I I, I know it's not baseball, 
but I don't know. I think um, I think the lefty situation would would uh, keep teams a little bit on their toes. Eh, it might be interesting. A little experiment. We'll see what happens. But John, the last I guess uh, the last or maybe the second to last thing. Um, what do you think about the G League and how it should be used for the Knicks? Because as we've seen in the past, the, the G League has been used for second round picks and not really developing all of our players. You know, we've had Dotson, we've had uh, most recently Iggy Brasdakis, we've also had Ron Baker and a couple other players in the G League who've come up, right? We've had, um, we've had Trey Burke, right? We've had so many people come through the G League and not really like transpire on the team. And they may have gone somewhere else and had a successful career or not in the league anymore. But there's, there was a lot of controversy last year of how the league should be used, whether we should be sending no matter where you're drafted to go down there and get some game reps or you keep, or you keep like those first round picks and maybe even second round picks up with the, the big team so they can get legitimate NBA experience. What are your feelings on how the G League should be used? Because we have teams like the Toronto Raptors who use their G League no matter where you're drafted so that you get some run. You know, we have that Mike Borkinoff piece from The Athletic a while back that's discussed it. And we also had Tom Thibodeau recently mention an oppressor that he wants to use the G League as this developing tool. So what are your thoughts on it? I mean, I, I think that if we don't use the G League as a farm system, then we are living in the 1920s <laughs> like I, I really think I, I, if you're not using as as a developmental league number one like then you are very silly so I think that the Knicks are definitely doing that I just can't imagine or fathom any other scenario but to your point where should we send players up and down um of course there's certain amount of days allowed in the collective bargaining agreement. But besides that, it's a case-by-case basis. And unfortunately, it's based on the mental make the mental <laughs> flexibility of the team and the player. So like last year when Dennis Smith was like really struggling, it would be tough to just send him down to the G League. Or like Frank, if he's having like two or three tough games, it's tough to be like, yo, you stink, go to the G League. You know what I mean? And like, because it's embarrassing. You know what I mean? Like them just like driving to Westchester, their whole family. Like it's embarrassing. Like that first game, like I know they're supposed to be professionals, but like you're trying to also develop them and they're in a slump. You know what I mean? So when you're in a slump, like I know maybe more reps are better, but I just think like the those players specifically and the foundation of the Knicks was just not conducive to like that being like a super developmental system. You know what I mean? But like if Iggy was in, you know, if Iggy comes in and does really well, you know what I mean? For like a couple games and then gets said that. And then like, for some reason gets relegated to the bench for minutes purposes. You know what I mean? There's just not enough minutes for Iggy. Like you can only get like 10 minutes off the bench. You know what I mean? And he's able to just go to Westchester, go like on Friday, kill it be back on the bench for the Knicks on Sunday. Like I, I would love that. I think Tibbs would love that. I think like he would want that, obviously, you know what I mean? Just like uh, his eight through 12 guys to just be ballers. 
And, you know, even if they can't get on the court on Friday, they'll get on the court on Saturday in Westchester because they just love basketball so much. And then on Sunday, they'll get back on the court for, you know, the Knicks and be ready. That would be like the perfect, you know, the perfect scenario. But that's something that the Spurs do. You know what I mean? And that's like a Kyle Anderson comes through and like from the G League comes through, kills it for them. Or they get guys you never heard of, like, you know, Tiago Splitter that comes through and, you know, fits in their system because they have a foundation. They got the assistant coaches and they have like the mix. You know what I mean? They have the, they have the how can you have a philosophy like Mike Miller in the G League and then have Fisdale as a head coach? Like it just doesn't make it's just like it, the systems aren't the same. So like they're not it, it would be like if the it would be like if the Scranton AAA Yankees team like was like teaching their pitchers to throw like submarines and then like when you come into the Yankees you have to throw you know you know four seams and curveballs like they're just like what are you doing like you know like that's really that's really how it's been so ideally of course it'll all be together but just like for the exact for the exact players it really just depends man if you can't get in the lineup like ideally if you can't get in the lineup because the lineup is so good like Iggy can't break the lineup because like the small forwards are just so damn good. Like our wings are so good. He's got to prove it to Tibbs by showing up on a Saturday to Westchester and being ready, you know, on the bench on the Knicks for Sunday for a matinee game. Like that's, that's, that's the ideal world. I think that Tibbs wants to create, but right there, right now for the Knicks, it does, it's just a straight developmental league. Like go learn how to play basketball here, please. And come and please join us. Like for Kenny Wooten, Right, like that's what Wooten is. Wooten is just some guy showed up on, the, you know, showed up on the Knicks squad, learned how to play basketball there, killed it. We're hoping he just like brings that to us. You know what I mean? We're not really like assimilating him very well. I hear you, and I and I and I agree with you. I think it depends. It's a case. It's definitely a case by case basis. I think for this past season, people were wondering why didn't we send you know Knox who was struggling down to the G League, or why didn't we send DSJ down to the G League who was struggling and you know, we had a lot of point guards. We had a lot of forwards. So why not just utilize it? And I think for optics reasons, it doesn't make sense if, like, you have someone who you're paying and you just – if you're paying him that much and you can't send him down there. If you think he needs time down there, send him down there. But I don't think these guys necessarily needed the time down there in the G League to become better. And I think the situation – it has to be – I think the situation has to be – and I don't care where you're drafted. If you're a first overall or you're a second overall – if you got to go to the G League to get some run because our team's just that freaking good that we don't need you right now, that's a different story. And I think the bigger issue was is that we had this hodgepodge team that we were just rotating through that it didn't make sense to send them down there when we didn't know when we were going to need them either, right? Like we had Frank, Alfred, and DSJ as point guards, and we saw Elf got hurt, then DSJ got hurt. You can't send Frank down there and then be like, oh, snap, we need Frank. And the same thing goes for, you know, Kevin Knox, who's playing the three and the four. If you lose Randall or Bobby Portis, you you, you need somebody. And we traded Moot, too. So you need somebody up there for depth. It, you, so you can't keep sending guys down there because they need to have their legs fresh. And all honesty, like they, they play, they need to learn to play with NBA caliber players at those practices. And I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure G League players have a select amount of NBA practices that they attend because they also have to practice with their G League counterparts, right? So that's another issue too. So that's why they're not sending them back and forth. 
But I do agree. Once you know, once the Knicks get to that point where they're a good team and we have one through ten who are really good and we draft guys no matter where they are and they just can't break through, yep, you know, send them down. Go get some runs. Come back up. Then we'll need you. Like I think that's the I think that's when we can start implementing it too. And I was I, I won't lie, I was in that camp of like, why don't we just send Frank down to the G League? But the more I think about it, I think that's the way like I agree with you, that's the way we gotta go. And I'm, my mind might change again, depending on the situation, but I'm pretty sure that's where it needs to be at this point. Um, and the Knicks just weren't able to do that. So I agree with you 100%. Um, but yeah, I think that wraps it up, John, for the, the Knicks portion. So let's take a quick break and uh, come back and finish it up with our et cetera. All right, and we're back from the break with John talking about Anchor as usual. But John, what do we got for et cetera today? Uh, for et cetera today, we're going to – Halloween's over, right? The holidays are coming up, which means video game systems are, are getting back on the market. So I thought it would be cool to just uh, do a top three favorite video game consoles of any size um, growing up and up until now. I'll let you go uh, take the first pick. Sweet. Uh, by the way, because we actually didn't talk about this. Did you do anything for Halloween? What did you do for Halloween? Nah, man, I, uh, <laughs> for how I, I, I think like I'm too old to celebrate my own Halloween, but, um, I, I just like, I went, I went to a cousin's house, stole his kids candy, uh, stopped by a church. We had like a high school, uh, kids where they like showed up, dressed up, whatever, just like hung out, but. Okay. Nothing, nothing, nothing real. There's a, there's a guy across the street cause I live in Staten Island. There's a guy across the street. Just sitting there in a full Batman costume, giving out candy all day. Stop by him, talk to him for a little bit. But just I kept it kind of low key. That is the most New York City thing I've probably ever heard. Truly, you have a Gotham. You're in Gotham, like that's the nickname of New York City. And you're talking to Batman. Just some dude hanging outside giving out candy. Sounds sketch as hell, man. I'm not gonna lie. It's everywhere, man. There's no shortage of those. <laughs> New York City, man, that's what it's all about. Yeah, I didn't do anything, man. Honestly, I just chilled. I watched some movies, watched some shows. Honestly, like, I don't know, social distancing and all that type of stuff. I didn't really do anything for Halloween. But there was a little parade on our walk, our cul-de-sac, or like our old and like dead-end road, which doesn't look like a cul-de-sac, but it feels like it. There's just so many kids on the block. There's like a little Halloween parade. This, this block is very interesting, man. Not going to lie. Like, very interesting. I'll, I'll let you know this right now. You know, people were during the pandemic, they were showing up on each other's like doorsteps, like porches to just sing happy birthday and stuff like that. And just like just trying to keep like this crazy, like nice community feel. Kids are outside in the street, just like chalking it up on the on the on the on the street, whatever, just like with their chalk and whatnot. And uh, it's a cute it's a cute little community around here. I saw the little parade. I bought two pounds of candy to give out to them because my fiance was like, hey, you know, there's trick-or-treating tomorrow, so you're going to need candy. And I was like, oh, trick-or-treating, cool. Uh, let me get the candy. Let me get the bowl ready. I'll ha- I'll be ready, whoever rings at the doorbell. No one rings at the doorbell. And I'm like, yo, what happened to this trick-or-treating that you told me it was going to happen like at 3 p.m., by the way? And she's like, oh, there was a little parade. I was like, parade and trick-or-treating are not the same thing. It's just two totally different things. I'm like, just because like there's an email chain too for this group. I'm just like, yo, just forward me the email chain so we can get this thing going. All right. That's a lot. That's a lot going on. It's a lot going on. But enough with that tangent. I'll, I'll get to our, our, our game consoles now just because I needed to talk about it. Oh, yeah. Let it out, man. Let it out. Uh, 
Okay, so for for game system, first one I got to go with off the board. I guess it's got to be. Ooh, this is a tough one. Are we doing like games that like our favorite consoles that we loved growing up? Is that what we're doing? Right. And, and just your favorite console. Like if you had to only have three consoles for the rest of your life, go number one. Hmm. Okay. Number one. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. First one would probably have to be, uh, you know, give me my Game Boy. Gotta take the Game Boy. Uh, Game Boy Color or the Game Boy? Yeah, Game Boy Color slash Pocket, whatever it was. More Game Boy Color, though, man. You know, Pokemon was a thing. That was the way back then. Again, the yellow one. All the, team Blue all the way, man. Team Blue all the way. Wait, well, hold on. What, what color is your Game Boy Color? So, it was for Christmas. I was a kid, and it's purple. Yeah. But- Oh, okay. I I got the, I got the, the it was also saved just a gift. There's a turquoise one. I think it was just whatever our, uh whoever was getting our gifts just would like go into like the store. Whatever one was like available, not sold out. Like that was the one. Like yours was purple, mine was turquoise. Like whatever, whatever comes out. That's just what it is. That's a fact, bro. That's a fact. I mean, I saw people have like the clear one, the red stuff, the red one, and all that. I'm like, yo, why didn't I get a purple? Like, I have nothing. It's purple. Purple was cool. Whatever. But yeah, I have to go with my Game Boy. It's a lot of fun, man. Handheld, put it in your pocket, anywhere you want to be, just pull it out, play, whatever, play Zelda, play, play the, the seasons. Yeah, that's, that was my wave back then. What about you? What do you got? So you're talking Pokemon Blue and Zelda? Those are probably, those are my top two games. Yeah. Okay. I'll add, I'll add Wario to that. I, uh, I was, uh, mm. being to a little bit of Wario, my Pokemon Yellow. I was all, all about the Pokemon Yellow guy. Um, my number one pick, I'm going to have to go. N64. I'm gonna have N64. Uh, Super Mario 64. Like, I, I love that game. I could beat that game in a couple, like, a day. Maybe not all the stars, but I could beat that game in a day at this point. I love that game. Uh, Mario Kart, classic, not only as a kid, but college game, right? Because of drinking and driving. So that's, it's just, what's the time? You got the Golden Eye, which, it's more, that's more of a, a fantasy thought because I played GoldenEye recently. The game stinks. Um, but there's other games like Mario Party, Mario Party 2 specifically, that also Woodstead Time, Diddy Kong Racing. You know what I mean? Just like the classic game. So um, uh, for my number one pick, I'd, I'd have to go in 64. The James Bond games you were even, though. Mission Impossible 2. Like, there's just some crazy games. To- and and – I can't believe I didn't mention this because it just came out the remake. Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Oh, man. Especially the second one. But, bro, you're missing, like, the biggest one. Smash Brothers. Smash Brothers was all N64, bro. Yeah, Smash Brothers is good. Uh, the original Smash is okay. I, to, to be perfectly honest, my favorite Smash was, like, the Melee, like, the GameCube ones. So, like, they're just, like, it just kind of, like, lessened the... Like, even when I had the N64, I don't play this original Smash. It's not... It's just, like, meh. But the other games like are still actually good. You know what I mean? I hear you about that. Yeah. Super, Super Mario was the jam. That was the most difficult game for me as a kid, like growing up. I actually had to have my older sister like get through a level for me. I forget. It was like the 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 ship one where you had to like go underwater. That was like so confusing. I don't know why that was so confusing. I go back and play this game. I'm just like, yo, this thing is not even that difficult, bro. Like it really isn't that difficult when you go back and play. It's actually kind of sad. Yo, man, you got like you, everyone had to have that I, the IGN.com, like the walkthrough pulled up. Those are back in the day when you like sometimes you'd have to go buy the magazine. And then it was like, oh my God, there's this website called IGN.com and people post a walkthrough. I'm like, yo. So I'd play that. I'd have that. And, and for some weird reason, 
like that the music slash album that really sticks with my head, especially for Super Mario 64, is the Nelly Country Grammar album. I just like for some reason, like I just used to play that game and had that CD just rolling constantly. So like for like those two things are synonymous in my brain. So my number one pick, I'm definitely going N64. Yo, Country Grammar was the wave back then, man. Country Grammar was the wave. Nelly, whew, that's just throwing it back right there. And since we're talking about like IGN and stuff like that, getting the magazine, let's also, do you have Game Shark for your Game Boy? Just to touch it back, like that, if you had Pokemon. N64. Huh? I had Game Shark for my N64. Really? I, you, I never got one for the N64. I got one for the Game Boy. And that's how you got like Missing No, Mew and all that stuff. The unlimited rare candy. Yo, that was, that's the like peak of gaming right there. When So long. Yo, that, when you brought up IGN, I was like, yo, just go into like a game shop. Yo, I got, and the thing is like, I got my Game Shark from the Wiz. The fucking Wiz, bro. And the Wiz. Good times. Good times, man. Number two pick. Number two pick. All right. So for my number two pick, I have to go, hmm, hmm, you took N64. I'm probably going to have to go, I got to go PlayStation 2, man. PlayStation 2 was a wave, bro. That that was playing Call of Duty, playing playing Need for Speed, uh, all those games. That was it, man. That's what I, yeah, there was just a lot going on then. Uh, even what was it? Um, oh, what was that? What was that Navy SEALs game too? Uh, SOCOM. SOCOM was another game that you played that played then. That was like the beginning of like online gaming too. So that's why I gotta go with PlayStation 2. That the, the playing Call of Duty was by far the creme de la creme. That would need for speed. Those are like the top two games that just like come to the top of my head that I played all the time. Just like all the time. That you know, oh, you know what you know was big? Guitar Hero 2, man. Remember playing Guitar Hero? Had that on the PS2 too, man. That was that was a lot of fun. Well what what do you got for your second? Yeah, I mean, PS2, what a classic. Uh, that was like my... So, so honorable mention, I'm going to have to just throw back for N64 games. That was my first, like, wrestling games, too. And that's when, like, wrestling got really big for me, too. So, WrestleMania 2000 and No Mercy. And then WCW versus N- N- uh, NWO Revenge. So, I was super into that for N64. So, and those graphics were sick uh, for back in the day. Which leads me to PS2. Because... That's when there was that had that WWF SmackDown, right? So that was like one of the games that was like big for me on PS2. But I really, I remember getting PS2 for Christmas and um, you always, so you always like get hyped and you start playing those, uh, you know, you have off for the week and a half uh, for public school and high school, you know, when you're a kid. So I got the one player game. It was all about like the one player games on PS2. So Jack and Daxter. Uh, big for me, um, Ratchet and Clank. Uh, we got some Sly Cooper uh, in there. So like those, those like for PS2, those are really like the big games for me. And like also, um, that's when I started getting into the NBA, football, FIFA uh, trio. And every year for Black Friday, I would start getting uh, the 2K or the NBA Live and the FIFAs. And the Madden, like, like the ESPN 2K5 was, like, one of my favorite games ever. Uh, then started, started getting into FIFA with, like, Ronaldinho on it and all that stuff. So uh, PS2 was big for me. That, no, you know, like, and there's other games, like, that's for sure. That's when I started getting into, like, 2K as well. NBA 2K was the, was the wave as well. I also used to play Tony Hawk, Pro Skater 3, Kingdom Hearts, and Kingdom Hearts 2. Dude, that was... 
there were so many good games for PlayStation 2, man. Um, and just throwing it back, I didn't, I know I didn't choose it, but PlayStation 1, Crash Bandicoot, that was, that was another, that was another fun game. So my, 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 so I have a, my brother's six years older than me. So he's the one that got, got me into, which I'm going to bring up for my second pick right now. Um, but we met, we weren't really into the PlayStation. We one wave, we skipped that wave with like the Metal Gear Solid and all that stuff with the PS1. Like we, we kind of skipped all that whole movement, but PS2 was the first time we finally ventured into, uh, the 2k for NBA. We were, we were big NBA live people. We have every single NBA live from 95, which is my second choice is just Sega Genesis. So Sega Genesis is definitely my number two choice. Uh, that's like what I quote unquote grew up with uh, because that's like what my, my, the first system I had, my brother had, and like, that's what we played. So like X-Men and Sonic um, and I used to like watch those cartoons for X-Men. So like all came together, like Earthworm Jim, like the six pack, uh, like that was Sega Genesis is like, is an all time class comic zone. Like that's an all time classic for me. Um, so Sega Genesis, number two pick. And I had the NHL 95, Madden 95, uh, Live 95. I, I, you know, I specifically remember playing Madden when I was a kid. And I also had RBI Baseball 93. It's a classic game. Um, I remember playing Madden as a kid um, and not understanding what was going on, like what first down was and the, and the, the sound was muffled by I knew what a touchdown was, obviously, right? That's a common term so i would always hear like oh first down touchdown and i would be like how is the score only like seven zero or whatever when he said when he said touchdown like a hundred times you know what i'm saying i never like understood so like that's when i like started to like get into sports and like figure it all out so sick genesis always has a place in my heart especially sonic dude yeah so, oh my god so i never had i had i never had any sega system um but sonic whenever i went to my friend's house that was like the first game I always played. I loved Sonic. I just never had that game. I never, there was like, you had Sega Genesis, you had Sega Dreamcast, never had any of those plays, those game consoles. But every time I went over to my friend's house, Sonic was one of the games. And yo, gotta throw it back to this one Marvel versus uh, Capcom, another classic game right there. Yo, Mega Man, Iron Man, just going at it. Probably like the best matchup you could probably possibly get on there. Men, guys, so like, also, like, Power Rangers was fire, Toy Story, oh. King, Aladdin. Like, all those movies were, like, were obviously, like, big things when I was a kid. But also, like, the games are so solid. So, it was just, like, con- it was just, like, a constant uh, transition between, like, Space Jam, you know what I mean? And, like, playing Sega, you know, going back, you know, it was just, like, so that that, that has to be my number two. The only, only reason it's my... Only reason I had to take N sixty four one because I, I thought you might steal it. So <laughs> I, that would that would be my second pick for damn sure. Um, all right. So for my third pick, then I gotta go. Uh, hmm, this is a good one. Probably just PlayStation four, man. Honestly, like three and four are kind of the same to me. There's nothing really that has changed at this point. Gaming gaming systems. I actually, yeah, I go four just because games that I like are you know recently like Warzone is probably the number one game I'm playing right now. Destiny two was. Something I was playing for a little bit. Uh, I did play Red Dead Redemption. That game is just way too freaking long, though. It's just like, that's just GTA. GTA is another big big one. That I did love on uh, 3, and I loved 5 on, uh, on on 4 as well. But, yeah, like, PlayStation 4 is definitely one that I need right now. I mean, I play it 
I play Warzone so frequently now. It's just a lot of fun. Call of Duty will forever be in my blood. What about you? What do you got for your third? Yeah, so I guess I'll I'll, I'll I'm gonna stay on the same track. But before I do that, uh, well, I'll, I'm okay. So I'm I'm gonna go Xbox 360. Right? Obviously, I love my Xbox One now, but my Xbox 360 was like um, the first transition because I'm, I'm not sure if I had NBA Street and NFL Street on PS2. I think it was on PS2, on FIFA Street on PS2. And then I just like switched over and I had like also weird games on my Xbox 360. But Xbox 360 is the first time I got into Call of Duty. Uh, and I had Call of Duty 2. So I had Call of Duty uh, regu- I had Call of Duty 2 or regular or something on my computer. And that was like the one player mode where you go to, like do the training. And those were like sick graphics. And I'd play like uh, Tomb Raider, you know, like Lara Croft. Like, and like those would be – or Croft. Those would be the the um, like the two things on my computer. Then I transitioned to Call of Duty Modern Warfare on Xbox 360. That's when I like started to get into like online gaming and all that stuff. So I'm like same kind of boat like GTA Modern Warfare 2 to my eyes bleed like Halo. You know what I mean? Start talking to people online, like become friends with people mostly online. You know what I mean? Like my friends here, but like. Not really. Like you're really online. You know what I mean. So I'll I'll, I'll end it with uh, Xbox uh, 360 for my third. I used to be an Xbox dude until I got the red ring. I got the three red rings, and I had Halo. Halo was a mad fun game when I had 360. Halo three, yo, the Halo the Halo games themselves, man, they're just fire, absolutely fire. And that's kind of why I was into Destiny because it's made by Bungie, same company. Same type of like idea. The gameplay is very similar, where it's very bouncy, very like I don't know what the the proper term is for it. Um, but yeah, it's very it's like a very bouncy type feel gameplay. You know what I mean? It's not like it's not Call of Duty where it's like very rigid. There's you know quick transition between weapons or anything like that. It's uh and like intergalactic play. But you know when I was playing, I had when I had PlayStation Three. That's when I was playing like uh, all the all those games that you just mentioned as well. Uh, Call of Duty is just, I don't know, that, that's just, that's forever, like, the peak of, like, online gaming right there. You go in there, hear all the swear, swears in all the vulgar language that I've, you'll hear just, like, in, like, five minutes less. It's the most toxic chat room I've ever been in in my life that it's just, like, I just instantly, every time I play, like, multiplayer, mute. If you're not, if it's not, like, guys I normally play with, you're getting the mute. I don't want to hear you. It's just too much. I don't need to be, like... What is going on? And then like all these swears up up the up the wazoo. Nah, I'm good. I'll I'll take a hard pass. Yeah. So Xbox 360 um, was out before I had like mu- tons of music anywhere else, but on my like desktop computer that I would download stuff on. Um, so I would like before I had my first iPod. So I would. And my Xbox 360 was like wire connected to my computer in the other room. So I would just have like playlists. So I just like have, so I would like mute everyone and just like have music rolling while playing Modern Warfare 2 for like hours and hours and hours. And then I have my friends um, and like my headset. Um, so yeah, good times, man. Uh, but that like, that about wraps it up for the et cetera. You have anything else to add? Nah, man, that's it. I just, you know what we said in the beginning of this pod, we just want basketball back, but hey, guys get to know us a little bit more about our gaming system and what we like to play so yeah that's that's all i got for today but so thanks you everyone for tuning in for another episode of the nicks jets etc podcast another nicks episode uh 
Please make sure to like, share, subscribe to this podcast. Also, I know I don't plug this enough, but we do have a lot of social media accounts. We got Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Make sure to like all those pages or wherever you're most active because we are putting out content there as well. Funny memes if you're on Facebook and Instagram. And just you can see John and myself just going off on Twitter as well. And make sure to follow our Twitter accounts as well, man. We got some, uh, you know, that's where we get some of our ideas like in the moment for what's going on. Uh, yeah, that's it. So tune in later this week for another Jets episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast where we discuss our miserable Jets and the floodgates <laughs> opened on them by the Kansas City Chiefs this, uh, today. So have a good one, everyone. Yeah. Let's go Knicks.